0: Hello, and welcome back to the California Work Comp Report. This is your host, Corey Olson. Today is Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. Our guest is Dr. John Alchemy, here to discuss technocracy and the fate of the expert. This episode of the California Work Comp Report is about technocrats and a data-driven future. We're looking at technocracies right now, and, and, and what a technocracy is and what, what technocrats are, um, it's, a, it's a form of government. And what we're talking about, it doesn't necessarily apply to, say, the United States government, but more of the hierarchical structure of an institution, uh, say, like the medical field or even zooming in from that, workers' comp. Technocracy is made up of technically skilled elites in a field, as opposed to an elected official who is an an expert in something that we say, oh, that person is an expert, I trust their opinion. As trends kind of go along, as we are being able to gather more and more data based off of the way that consumers are, the way that relevant to rate fast, the way that Injuries heal things that we can things that we can measure and gather data off of people tend to now trust the data more than they trust the opinion of an expert before we had all the data that we we're kind of almost inundated with now, but before all the data that we could gather look at and, and determine trends determine make educated guesses about future outcomes about certain things. We could only really trust somebody who has internalized that sort of data themselves and say, well, what do you think? And now the the proof is in the pudding, as they say. So now as that applies to workers' compensation, we're now able to use data to determine things about injuries in workers' comp that we were never able to before. So we can use this data to help us do things like speed up claims, which are constantly being contested between the insurance adjuster and the doctor, for example, or or the attorney and the insurance adjuster, the the attorney and and the doctor, and that inevitably will help speed up the way that workers' comp claims are done. John, can you shed a little more light as to how it, how technocrats and a technocracy would work to benefit uh, workers' comp as it is now?
1: Hi, Corey. Sure, um, no problem. Now, yeah, I do uh, primary treating as as well as uh, owner and, and lead developer of uh, Ratefast and Alchemy Logic Systems, which is the company that owns Ratefast. And for many many years, the issue has been that there's been a contested issue in a claim, and it has to go to a quote-unquote expert. The more years the expert's been doing, the more credible their opinion. The expert uh, provides um, an answer uh, to the parties, and uh, ultimately it's accepted that that is the truth. Um, That's that's how it's worked for many years um, in workers' compensation. To some extent, it still works that way, but as uh, automation has gone forward, and we are getting better at not only collecting data, but harnessing it for the knowledge and figuring out um, systems uh, that can use that data in a meaningful way to actually give us an output or to answer a question or a variety of questions. That's really what we wanna talk today about, and that's the rise of the technocrats in workers' compensation or impairment rating. We have seen in other areas of technology with the uh, tech giants like you know, Google and Twitter, um, Facebook, etc., a very rapid shift in what I'm talking about, and basically a concentration of the technical knowledge. And it becomes very concentrated very quickly once a platform can get these Uh, methods in place and start utilizing them in a way that captures the meaningfulness in the data, if that makes sense. So when we talk about technocrats and impairment rating, we're talking about a very select few group or group of individuals that have access to the platform and that can take very confusing and laborious data sets and quickly organize them and give them some type of sense and value. And that's really what we want to
0: talk about today. There's definitely a, a shift in perspective which happens when you begin to look at things from a level of data as well. There's there's an anecdote that I recently read about a mathematician who actually became a wine critic by way of analyzing the way that the rainfall was and how how hot the summer was in a particular year in a particular region of I think it was France, and essentially he was able to tell how a vintage was going to turn out by the weather patterns of that year. And those who he was sort of uh, in leagues with as a wine critic were, were, were bashing him and saying, oh, you can't judge how good a vintage is by, by all of these things. It takes an expert to know, we've, we have the taste, we've been in this for years. It turns out that that, which is characterized to make all the best flavors in wine, were a result of all of the things that happened to make these vintages the ones that were the most expensive, the ones that were rated the most flavorful, the best. What happened in those years with the rainfall and the in the sun and everything we're, were all congruent. And so he was able to tell right when the grapes were harvested how, how, you know, this vintage was going to be versus waiting for it all to age and be, you know, and to taste it and everything. So that's Actually, I, I believe that is how wine is rated now. That That's sort of the way of it now versus trusting the, the opinion of an expert. So that's one very firm example of how what we're talking about plays out.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And the, the parallels between that and if we uh, drill down into, you know, impairment rating and or case management, um, it's very, very similar. You know, the, up, up until now um, and, and still now, you know, cases are put in front of, you know, quote-unquote experts, and the expert makes some kind of opinion. There's a lot of mysticism around that. There's a lot of variance around that, not only on the outcome, but how each, uh, you know, provider, you know, looks at a data set, the the things that they have in their physical exam that the next doctor may or may not do in their physical exam. And and so there's there's a lot of variance, and everyone has their own perspective on um, how they would like the case to outcome with regards to a rating value or apportionment, a monetary value, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And and it just leads to a lot of confusion and a lot of delay when we try to have these essential elements decided by a subjective individual.
0: I, I feel like somebody that's an expert that's been in a field for a long time is powered by positive reinforcement. And knowing that their expert opinion is constantly correct we we're talking about the fact that a lot of these people that are experts in fields, whether it be wine or whether it be a doctor, whether it be anything else, if your entire career is based off of this positive enforcement that, reinforcement that you're correct the entire time, you're, later on in your career, suddenly things like the medical field or suddenly the way that technology is treated, it's almost like the, the view about your opinion that you give to other people as an expert becomes sort of this dogma while the actual field that you're working in is, is sort of changing and fluid and, and slipping away from that of the expert. The nice thing about things being data-driven and, and being able to observe trends as things actually are, there's no real allegiance to a dogma. If, if things are changing, new data is brought into light. If There is a new method of making wine, for example, it's, it's, it's impartial to all of that. It's just another number that kind of gets thrown into the calculation. So we're able to more accurately observe certain trends while things are changing.
1: Yeah. And and there's also this whole issue of scalability and cost and delay. I mean, currently, if, if you have a complicated case, um, they'll send, uh, you know, the, the, the chart to this doctor and the doctor will maybe spend, you know, two or three hours going through the chart and then they'll, you know, interview the patient, um, you know, do a physical exam, and then they write this up. And this is like, you know, eight hours um, mm-hmm. to get this whole thing evaluated. And and the frustrating thing about it is all this time and money is being spent, and we're not really even sure the outcome is going to be fair and equitable. You know, that's the real frustrating thing is, is the waste um, that goes on with this system. And you know, as the algorithms get better, more inclusive of of more data, the the time compression and the quality of the opinions improve dramatically. Currently, the the time for when when we first started the platform, mm-hmm. I would manually review and and do what we call a retrospective impairment review. I look at a case that's already been written up, and then I have to write up a summary and and uh, outline it for what's correct and what's incorrect um, with regards to the standards. Mm-hmm. Of the rule set and that might have taken me you know maybe two to three hours you know that a very long time and that's not really scalable you know that the time element is not scalable the cost element is not scalable And, and my knowledge base is not scalable. It's very, very difficult to transfer this knowledge to another individual because it's, it's all based on, you know, experience and so forth. But once you start creating this and have the database um, start managing the data searches and the inputs, the calculations it becomes a very, very different exercise. And you can start to have the data input by you know, lesser trained individuals who know what they're looking for with the computer basically driving the process, telling them what to search for and whether it's present or not in the report and a very, very consistent outcome uh, with regards to the determinations. And that to me is the biggest benefit that we have here because now I can sit down and with the benefit of the platform, I can come up with all the elements of the rating in about 15 minutes. So when you look at that two hours you know, to 15 minutes, that's an incredible time compression and the opinions are much, much more consistent. That's so cool. yeah, so, so I can write it up and say, well, this rating is X because of elements A, B, and C and elements E, F, and G weren't present at all. You know, or the quality of the data was you know, this value and here's why. Mm -hmm. You know, these are things that we've never had any insight into before, and that's why technocrats will ultimately take over injury pricing, injury management, and uh, ultimately make determinations on systems efficiency, because um, you can only do that when you have a data set experience to draw upon.
0: For all the critics that are listening right now, I would just like to pose this one question with you. (laughs) what would you do with an extra hour and 45 minutes of your day? That's right. The more that you're able to sort of have an accurate look at what it is that you're trying to determine, and there will always be anomalies because as we know about the scientific method and as we know about theories, a scientific theory cannot be proven right. It can only be proven wrong. But when you have such a large sample size to work off of, it's invariably going to be a lot more accurate than if you're sort of just grasping at straws, or if you say, "I've seen this before, and this is how it's going to go." One of the one of the things that Ratefast kind of has currently in our arsenal, it's just, it's a the handy little tool. It's the the Ratefast MMI calculator, and it it tells you when a claim is going to reach maximal medical improvement based off of some of the items that you input into it, and it calculates it, and and that's what it is. And the calculations are made using data that's been collected from the past. From work comp claims uh, that that you, John, have experienced and and other such things. Actually, I'm curious, how was the data collected to determine how the MMI calculator would work? And again, the MMI calculator, it it tells the doctor or whoever is using it when the patient is expected to recover as best as they're going to get. How was the MMI calculator made and the calculations put in and everything?
1: Yeah, the, the MMI uh, calculator tool, which, which lives at the address, by the way, uh, RateFastMMI.com, um, and is accessible to anyone who wants to check it out, um, was a tool uh, born out of statistical averages on turnaround times for uh, visit decisions. So imagine that you're a patient, you go in, the doctor puts in a request for an MRI on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And if the doctor puts that request in on the MRI on your shoulder, and let's say that we replicate that exact office visit over, like, let's say 200 similar events, Mm -hmm. except there are 200 um, different clinics, 200 different doctors, and maybe uh, 40 insurance companies. And all of those systems have their own delays in them, such as what is the doctor's average time for getting the request out to the insurance company after the patient walks out of the office? You know, is it three days, is it one day, is it two weeks? What is the turnaround time for the insurance company or adjuster to get that request to the utilization review service? Is it one day, is it three days, is it two weeks? And then what is the turnaround time for the um, utilization review to make their determination, including successful and unsuccessful peer-to-peer calls, Uh, writing up that report, getting it back to the doctor's office, and then back in front of the doctor's eyes so the doctor knows if it was approved or not. Okay, those are a lot of variables there. And what we do with the MMI tool is we look at those variables and we build them in to the estimated time that it's going to take to process that particular request to the point where the doctor can make another decision on it. Now it's it's very very interesting to know that currently in California, um, the case closure time, um, according to the DWC, uh, the Division of Workers' Comp, is sixty months, five years, five years. Now everyone listening to this to this podcast is going to say, no, it's not five years. I can see maybe eighteen months, two years, et cetera, et cetera. But what the what the DWC counts as a closed case is the actual final sign off by everyone on the case that they are um, content with the outcome or at least agreeing to it and the case is done, done. Because a primary treating clinic might call a case done, but it may have an afterlife with an attorney or a QME or an AME or, you know, all kinds of things can happen. So just because a clinic says a case is is done and rated and complete um, does, Definitely not mean that that case is done and rated and complete. So, um, so sixty months is actually how long it takes. Um, I get letters uh, to my own practice from time to time from adjusters saying, um, you know, you legally you don't have to see this patient back for six weeks. Why are you seeing them back in two weeks?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's kind of it, it's kind of an amazing question. Yeah. If you could see someone back in two weeks and make a make a decision on the next treatment step, why would you wait six weeks? Really? You know, and and so, you know, if if we have a process like the MMI tool that is going to look at that and follow up and tell you when to, to see the case back, why wouldn't you use it? You know, why would you, you know, treat one case in your practice and see them back in six months and the other one back in two weeks? You know, there's just No consistency to that. Yes. Uh, And and the MMI tool is just a a great example of a of a driver, of a data-driven driver um, that stakeholders can use to make sure that everyone gets what the system is supposed to deliver, which is accurately, consistency, and timeliness. Mm You know, that's those are the main things that, that the system is supposed to deliver. Unfortunately, um the way that it's traditionally been structured, it delivers everything but that.
0: I'm still shocked that it takes five years to close out a claim. I'm sure that people. Have, I'm sure that you've been approached with paperwork before, and you said, "I like who is this patient?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, you saw them five years ago. How am I supposed to remember that?" Um, anybody would probably say that, unless you you know have a photographic memory. Which
1: well, you know, we just had a case brought into the practice that transferred in um, a couple of weeks ago. Date of injury: 2005. <laughs> <laughs> You know, these are <laughs> amazing durations of time and delay. Yeah. It's like it's like how how does this happen? You yeah. know, how can this happen? I it's it's amazing, but you know, that's why we do what we
0: do. Yeah. Wonder that person's still alive even. No, I'm kidding about that. Uh, <laughs> no, they're definitely alert. alive. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Um uh well <clears throat> so we had mentioned a few minutes ago that the MMI calculator and everything, and actually <clears throat> in a certain way, and, and you had mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, the, the rate fast injury mapping and, and in a certain way, in a very, very exaggerated way, uh, the, the injury mapping is, is a, is, is a can be compared to the MMI calculator in so far that it is, it is data driven. Uh, it is a, it is a, a way of mapping an injury so that the, all of the stakeholders in the claim know how how the injury is going based off of the data from similar injuries before it, um, and that that is certainly an example of of, of tech, technocratic technology at work. Um, and is is there anything additional that that you would like to say about how how injury mapping plays along with with a technocracy and such?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, injury mapping, for those of you that haven't heard the previous um, podcast, it's basically a tool um, that completely maps the injury from the day they're hurt until the day um, that they get rated and the case closed. And, and it's, it's like the MMI calculator on steroids, um, but, uh, you know, but even better. The great and interesting thing about the injury mapping uh, tool and concept is that when that algorithm runs, it not only maps out, uh, you know, when things are supposed to be done, but when they've actually been done. And now you can see gaps and delays consistently in areas of treatment that that can be improved upon. So, for instance, if if I'm injury mapping and I, you know, put in that this patient was uh, ordered for physical therapy today, Mm -hmm. and the injury map is gonna say, great, based on the existing best experience, that person should be at their first visit of physical therapy, okay, no later than 18 days from today. Mm -hmm. And, And that's assuming that the internal system and the vendors are on their game, because if the vendor drops the ball, doesn't call the patient, or the patient drops the ball and doesn't pick up the phone, or the therapy department drops the ball and you know doesn't schedule or doesn't call the patient or doesn't try to make a second call that patient falls through the cracks so the next time that patient comes in be it 2 weeks or 4 weeks the injury map is going to want to know did this person start their physical therapy mm. and if the answer is no the first thing that the injury map is going to want to know is why and now we're 10 days behind the expected you know delivery date of that first therapy evaluation and it it not only calculates the delay but it also changes it uh, into a loss because it now becomes a functional expensive loss because the claim has now remained open unnecessarily and money has to be spent to continue to support that open claim. So the injury map keeps track of all these things and it becomes very obvious and often very embarrassing. Hmm. About how long um, delays are in certain aspects of the case. And I'm not just blaming the insurance company or their vendors. You know, the the doctors and the doctors' offices are also um, to have some blame here, too, because maybe the patient doesn't show up and it doesn't get picked up and the case just stays open. Or, you know, maybe uh, their callback policy for no shows is poor. You know, all of these individual things that happen at the grassroots level of case management, and it all adds up to tremendous delay and a lot of expense for people.
0: John, is there anything else that you would like to, to say to tie up the conversation about technocrats and technocracy? Well, I would just cap off on what I was saying at the beginning of the
1: interview, and that's that this type of knowledge with this particular um, specific type of platform is uh, going to transfer um, a very highly detailed uh, knowledge base to a very few individuals who will control it. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: those who are able to control this information and understand where the problems are and the inefficiencies in the system and can and can more quickly and cheaply understand the true answers that are being asked by the stakeholders hmm. are going to ultimately become the winners and control. The knowledge and the outcome of workers' compensation in this case, while the others are going to be left to the old system to languish with estimates and dealing with a variety of quote-unquote experts. So it's basically, in my opinion, going to become a very, very two-tiered system, where you're going to have one system that's consistent and, and continually improving and sharpening the sword, if you will, and the other system that just sort of gets through the day each day and continues to make the same errors and the same delay day after day because there's just nothing in place that's been created as an infrastructure to monitor the consistency and the efficiency of what's being done.
0: You could look at the data, um, it it being part of a data-driven technocracy, almost like one could look at the spice from Frank Herbert's Dune. The he who controls the spice controls the universe. And the spice <laughs> must flow. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we could absolutely take that out. Um, but I want to thank I, w- <laughs> I want to thank you again, John, uh, for for this today. And hopefully, we'll have some very big, exciting news coming up very soon about about things like injury mapping. And uh, in the meantime, make sure to check out the Rate Fast MMI calculator. I will leave. I will be saying the link at the end of the podcast, as well as leaving the link in the relevant uh, description of the podcast. So make sure to check that out. Excellent. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, John. To learn more about technocracy and the ever-changing field of workers' compensation, visit our blog at blog.rate-fast.com. And give RateFast a spin. Visit us at rate-fast.com.